The Ethereum Society proudly presents this series of podcasts in tribute to the 50th anniversary of the giving of the 12 blessings. The following podcast is on the ninth blessing. Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the European headquarters of the Ethereum Society in London, England. The co-hosts were Tony Parrott and Valerie Perry. Well, good afternoon, everybody, uh, both the audience uh, here at Ethereus House in uh, London, Fulham, England, uh, and to those people who will be listening to this podcast over the internet, uh, I'd like to welcome you all to this podcast, which is going to be talking about the ninth blessing of a series of 12 blessings, and the ninth blessing was entitled, Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma, and it was given 50 years ago on September the 21st, 1958. Uh, My name is Tony Perrett. I'm one of the uh, staff of the headquarters here in London. Uh, We've got two headquarters, one in London and one in Los Angeles, America. And I'm going to be talking about this blessing, and we'll be having some extracts from Dr. George King's commentary about these blessings as well. And I'm joined this, uh, this afternoon with my colleague, Valerie Perry. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tony, and welcome to our audience as well. I must say, I'm delighted to be here. The 12 blessings are very near to my heart. I've actually practised for over 40 years the 12 blessings, and I think, Tony, you're nearly a close record. About 36 years. 36 years. Hundreds of services. Hundreds of services, yes, and we're thrilled to be able to be here to talk about, in fact, what is one of my favourite subjects, which is the law of karma. So... We're actually, as Tony says, we're in the hall where the 12 blessings were given and we're actually sitting near where the Master actually sat, Dr George King, and gave in this trans-medium form the 12 blessings, 12 consecutive weeks, as the Master Jesus overshadowed him and gave these wonderful, wonderful teachings which are there not to be read but to be practised. And we're going to hopefully have an enjoyable session today um, and be able to talk you through various aspects of this wonderful transmission. Thank you, Valerie. Before we, we go into the ninth blessing, uh, I'd like to give a bit of background for those of you who perhaps haven't heard the, the earlier blessings in the podcast that we've talked about. Just to give you a bit of background about the 12 blessings and, and something uh, of an appreciation of it, if I may. Uh, We're celebrating uh, 50 years of having had the 12 blessings. They were given in 1958 by the Master Jesus, who many millions of people throughout the world revere. At the time in in 1958, when these transmissions were given, the way it was given through Dr. George King as a trance medium was highly unusual. People were very sceptical, perhaps understandably, especially in those days where trance mediumship wasn't very well understood. And um, the whole thing was quite extraordinary. Dr. George King needed to show his authenticity, which he did through various ways, which we haven't time to go into at the moment. But nevertheless, he brought through a highly evolved intelligence who, as I said, millions of people revere. 
not all of them believed that he was from Venus, uh, which the Master Jesus himself said that was the case. He was from Venus. He also said, don't worry too much about the way that I'm communicating to you uh, through Dr. George King at the time. Uh, he said, listen more to the content of what I have to say to reassure people that he was the Master Jesus and that what he was saying was of great benefit, which is, is true. It, it, it is a fantastic benefit. Uh, what I'd like to try and bring across this afternoon is how extraordinary this event is. 2,000 years ago, the Master Jesus walked this planet and spoke to, I don't know, perhaps thousands of people uh, who had the privilege to meet with him. That really is, is a very limited amount, I'm afraid. Uh, and although his teachings and talks were written down and passed on, they were by no means exactly as he said them. And we're faced 2,000 years onwards with a copy of the Bible, which most people believe to be the Master Jesus' main teaching, which to be honest, is open to interpretation by many people. The words aren't exactly those of the Master Jesus. Uh, what wonderful benefits would we have had 2,000 years ago if we could have his exact words from that? Well, the giving of the 12 blessings did provide us that. We have got the exact words of the Master Jesus. More than that, we've got his voice on tape-recorded medium that we can listen to and appreciate the intonation of the Master Jesus, the, the subtleties of his words, the power behind his words, the, the presence and the personality of the Master Jesus is all contained in the recordings that we made of the Twelve Blessings as they were given. So we, we've come a long way in 2,000 years. We've now got the exact words of the Master Jesus. And what is ironic is, although they're available to the public, and, and for 50 years the Aetherius Society have made these teachings known in hundreds of different ways. We've published the book, The Twelve Blessings. The cassettes and CDs are available. We've had lectures and courses on these teachings. But the point is that millions more people would love to hear these teachings of the Master Jesus, the one that they revere and follow. But ironically enough, they don't look for them. They don't find them. I find it interesting that recently... Uh, a space probe has landed on Mars. I expect many of you heard about this. And again, interestingly, they say the project was to discover life or whether there is life on the planet Mars. Not to do research. They, they've not sent this up to do the, the, the testing of the soil and rocks and so on, but to see if there was life on, on the planet Mars. Well, isn't it ironic that they spent millions of pounds and hours and hours of effort yeah. to find out whether there is life on Mars when these very beings from the planets within our solar system are walking amongst us, are talking amongst us, are working amongst us, are in orbit of our planet, less than a few thousand miles away. And yet we spent all this time going off to the planet Mars, dropping a robot lander on the surface to see if there might be life on the planet Mars and whether it might be of a certain intelligence. Not whether it's better than us, by the way. Uh, the scientists still think in terms of we are the top of the tree in terms of evolution, but by no means. Well, let's face it, Tony, it wasn't so long ago that man believed he was the centre of the universe, didn't he? Absolutely. In fact, the stars and the sun and all this was put here by God for his benefit. And people like Galileo, of course, were persecuted terribly for even suggesting that maybe this wasn't the case and his findings were proving something which was against the establishment. That isn't so long ago, is it? So we still think we're centre of the universe. Many do. We're in for a bit of a shock, I think, mm -hmm. mankind generally. 
The point we're making here is that, that an extraordinary event happened in the late 1950s. Um, first of all, the cosmic martyrs, as we call them, from other planets, never do one thing alone. They always do several things with their missions. And they have un- undoubtedly had a plan for this world for millions of years. Uh, and many people realize they've been coming to visit us for millions of years. Some people may even accept that they've walked amongst us for several thousands of those years. Uh, but what we have here with the Twelve Blessings is a fantastic example of how these cosmic masters do many things at once. Now, to give you an idea um, of what, what I'm talking about, this was a series of 12 blessings. Some of them had prayers, nine of them had prayers, and three didn't. And one of those three is the ninth blessing, which we're going to be talking about. Um, but the point of these blessings was manyfold. One of the major purposes of this 12 blessings transmission was that power was sent out to the Middle East, which has always been a a place of problems and difficulties and war and so on over the centuries. And power was sent out to stabilise that area. Also, the power was sent out through the Master Jesus during the giving of these transmissions as a form of linking to this world, anchoring to this world, if you like. And the whole point of these transmissions was to send out power uh, also to the this place that we're now in, Great Britain, uh, required power at that time. It was due to face a, a disaster which was averted by the sending out of this power. So that was a major manipulation in itself. And in fact, the whole 12 blessings is a power manipulation. A fantastic one at that because it means, uh, and the Master Jesus knew this, it, it meant that we could use, individuals could use, the 12 blessings to send out power to this world. So it didn't just happen in the 1950s, and that was the end of it. Uh, it was the start, really, of a way to tap into the spiritual energies which are around this world, many of which are sent to us by the cosmic masters, uh, in times we call spiritual pushes. But these blessings can be used at any time to invoke power. They were a real advancement in the whole science of prayer. They were not only personal development rituals, prayers that we could all use for our own benefit, but by doing them, by using them, we were helping others. We were serving others by the sending out of power to the focal points in these 12 blessings. So they are multifunctional. In your spiritual toolbox, this is the Swiss Army knife (laughs) of spiritual practices, (laughs) if I can put it that way. Um, What I'd like to also put into context for you is that we've looked at um, eight of the blessings now. And if you look at them in hindsight from where we are now at the ninth blessing, you can see the first one was talking about those who work for peace. The second one, the wise ones. The third ones is the blessed are they who love. These are all about groups of people, aren't they? those who work for peace, those who are wise, those who love. We can relate to that, can we not? We, we are human beings, we, we relate to different types of people. The, third, sorry, the fourth group is the planetary ones, blessed are the planetary ones. And these are, are again, groups of people, but from other worlds. So we're starting to get a, a broader understanding of these 12 blessings, this, these focal points. The fifth blessing Blessed are the thanksgivers. Again, a group of people who praise God, who are appreciative of what we have. 
and send energy to the Devic kingdom, for, for instance. So that's the fifth blessing. The sixth, blessed are they who heal. Again, another group of people. We can easily relate to those who uh, help others through healing, through medicine, through counselling, through support in many, many ways. So that six of the blessings are all about groups of people. Now the seventh blessing, blessed is the Mother Earth, is again something we can relate to. That the, the planet Earth is something we know about. We live on it. It's, it's our home. Um, even though our appreciation of the, the, the Mother Earth is perhaps not as great as it might be throughout the world, the seventh blessing, blessed is the Mother Earth, raises our understanding of what we already are aware of. The uh, eighth blessing, blessed is the mighty sun. Well, we see the sun every day, don't we? we? We understand that's the globe in the sky that gives us life, that gives us energy. And our awareness of the sun is growing. And that is, is the preview, if you like, to the ninth blessing. Blessed are the supreme lords of karma. And here it's where uh, I think our consciousness must take a leap of uh, understanding, a leap of openness to appreciate what are the lords of karma. They're a group of people, yes. We've, we've encountered these groups of people before this. But do we really understand who are the lords of karma? What is the law of karma? And here is where the Master Jesus is raising our consciousness to really start to open our minds to greater things than just the things that we already know of. Some people in this world do know of karma, uh, and it is written into their religious beliefs uh, in the Hindu faith, for instance, and in the Buddhist faith. But still many people today do not really understand the law of karma. Even fewer people really know about the lords of karma, and what their role is, how they make the the whole scheme work. And in the ninth blessing, the Master Jesus starts to give us some understanding of how this system works, and is raising our minds to new truths. And those who listen to this podcast, and and the others before, I would very much urge you to be open-minded to change in the light of this knowledge. Uh, These teachings were given to make us think, And in fact, the Master Jesus says, you are commanded to think of these things at some point in these blessings. And he won't give all the answers. He certainly gives us a lot. But we are asked to think about these things. And we should, shouldn't we? Uh, We shouldn't just take these things at face value and let other people do the work for us. They'll mean far more to us if we do think on these things, which I think is one of the purposes of this podcast, to allow us to study, to dwell on these things, to meditate if we can, to concentrate, to make the most of what we've been given. As with the other podcasts, we're going to start with a playing of the heading given by the Master Jesus, Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma. And there is a certain way in which you you can get the most from the words of great cosmic beings like the Master Jesus. And in the book which is published called The Twelve Blessings, there is a section on how to use these sacred practices. First of all, you must try and gain a greater appreciation of the importance of these blessings, the extraordinariness of them. You're hearing the words of an enlightened being, the like of which you would be hard-pushed to find anywhere on this planet. There may not even be another intelligence like that on the physical 
perhaps there is on the spiritual levels of the planet, but certainly not the physical. So you're hearing and having an opportunity to hear the words of an enlightened being. Some people are asked, well, who would you like to spend a dinner evening with? Uh, And it's an interesting question. Well, surely the Master Jesus would be on that shortlist. And here you've got the chance to hear the words of a being like the Master Jesus. He's come millions of miles. He's lived countless trillions of lives to get to where he is now. And we're told that he is amongst us. His presence is here. When his words are spoken, I think a link is formed with him. So let's treat this playing. It's a very short extract, um, the heading of the ninth blessing, in the best possible way that we can. To do this, we sit straight in the chair. If you're at home listening to this, choose a hardback straight chair. You don't need to go into yogic postures for this. Sit with the hands, palms downward on the knees, neck straight and in line with the spine, the eyes closed. Try and detach from the outside world and put your concentration into the words of the Master Jesus and listen with all your soul, with all your heart, and tune into the power and the feeling that goes with these words as the Master Jesus delivers the heading, Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma. Blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma. I think you will all agree with me that when you hear just a few words of an advanced spiritual being, it does actually affect you, doesn't it? I find every aspect of my body can respond to that, and it's not just a physical sensation. It's as though your soul, the higher aspect of yourself that is reaching out within your daily lives for those moments are just expanding, opening yourself up to allow, it isn't just the teaching that comes through, it's also the energy. And I think that's what we feel, isn't it, Tony? When we practice the 12 blessings, you're feeling the energy coming through you, you're opening your, your awareness, you're expanding your consciousness. Now, it's interesting, the 12 blessings is so unique because, especially the further ones further along in the 12 blessings we are actually blessing greater beings than ourselves now you think of a lot of religious thought we're asking god to do this for us god to do that for us we expect god to look after us but here the master jesus is asking us to join in with a magic which is giving energy to higher life forms the earth the sun the supreme lords of karma, and later on we come to the higher blessings, the galaxy, supreme lords of creation, the absolute. We are tuning in to a greatness that is part of, actually we are part of that greatness. We are in a way acknowledging a higher spiritual aspect and we are becoming more part of the whole. And we are actually cooperating with the law of karma, which is, isn't it, what you give out, you get back. This is the law that we're all part of. Now, it's interesting. If you talk to people about the law of karma, 
Well, maybe they believe in it, maybe they understand it, maybe they don't. But, you know, it's similar to the law of gravity. We are all subject to this natural law of gravity, aren't we? And you can say, hey, I don't believe in this. Tony can say, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Okay, so you stand over a cliff edge and you step off and you say, I don't believe in gravity. But you're still subject to that law as you come down to the ground and you're still subject to the law when you hit the ground. Absolutely. And you'll, you can believe in the law of gravity if you want to, then, or you can still not believe in it. But there's a similarity. The law of gravity, we're subject to a law whether we believe in it or not. Now, of course, with gravity, if you know other laws about that, you can counter that, and then you can go up into space, you can go up in an aeroplane, and all these things, of course. But I think the analogy is quite interesting. The law of karma is imbued and working through all aspects of life and not only as we might be thinking in our lives where we are now, but the lives of a being like the Earth, planetary beings, suns, solar systems, galaxies. This is, we're told, an all-pervasive law, and pervasive means through all things. So the Master Jesus is not just asking us to tune into a concept or a belief of the law of karma in our lives, but the great law that is behind the whole of creation. So it's much, much bigger. And these beings, these supreme lords of karma, ensure that this law is working through all things. It's very interesting that the Aetherius Society takes its name from the Master Aetherius, who first contacted Dr. King... Uh, before the Aetherius Society was formed. And this advanced being actually made a statement I thought was really wonderful. I'm going to read this. You cannot now, neither will you ever in the future, neither have you ever in the past received anything whatsoever for nothing except your initial birth brought into being by the great cause of all things. That's wonderful, isn't it? So you can't get out for now, as the Yorkshire people will say. And uh, Dr King was a Yorkshireman. I don't know whether he ever used that phrase, but that is a well-known one. What, it, what you give out, you get back. And it's on much a higher level, of course. Dr King, knowing that we wouldn't understand the 12 blessings fully, in his great compassion and wisdom, brought out uh, lectures on the 12 blessings and... Today, we're going to be playing some extracts from these, which are coming out on CD and will be available for people to purchase, just like the 12 Blessings of Transmissions themselves. So what we're going to do now is going to play a short extract from Dr. King's address on the Supreme Lords of Karma, and then we're going to talk about it. All right, so we'll have the first playing. Thank you. Now, no man upon earth can say very much about the lords of karma because they are far, far greater than any conception held by ordinary man or even master. All we can do, and all any man can do, is to give some small idea of these mighty beings and 
he does that, Jesus in this particular blessing does that by giving us an idea that they do exist. It's up to us now to take it from here. This is possibly, as far as man on earth is concerned, as far as man in the galactic system, as far as all humanoid life, um, as we know it and, and above what we know and below what we know, this is possibly one of the most important blessings of all. And undoubtedly, it ranks among the most important practice ever given to earth at any time. Undoubtedly, this ranks among the most important practices ever given to earth at any time. I do not know of a practice more important than this. After close study of Hindu and Western thought, philosophy and practice, I do not know of a practice more important than this. So in consideration of the ninth blessing, we should all pay what attention we're able. But more important than that, we should go home this night and start these practices, especially this one. So I think that comment by the Master, it's quite interesting. Tony and I were talking about this earlier on. He starts off by saying, no man on earth can say very much about the Lords of Karma. And we're going to carry on this afternoon. Carry Do, talking about it. Yes, talking about our little bit that we can. But then, you know, often by vocalising things, you realise things yourself, don't you? So, you know, it's, uh, we'll give it our best shot anyway. It's interesting, isn't it? George King was one of the most practical people on this planet, I should think, throughout the whole history of man. Everything he taught, everything he did was practical. And here he is saying, all right, you've got these wonderful blessings. Don't read them, practice them. I remember performing the 12 blessings on one of the holy mountains in Great Britain when I was a teenager, I was still at school, for four consecutive weeks. My family and I decided we were going to try out and see. We'd just come across the Ethereum Society and the Twelve Blessings. And we were told one of the greatest spiritual actions you can do is to perform the service of the Twelve Blessings on one of the holy mountains. So we did that. For four weeks, we climbed Kinderscout in Derbyshire, north of England, and did these prayers. And after four weeks, and everyone's thinking, yes, what happened? What happened? We don't talk about it. We just know all four of us knew that these blessings worked, that the mountains were real, that energy did flow. But it's only because you practice these things. It's like healing. You know, you can say, I've met people who say they don't believe in healing. And I said, well, you've never done healing then, have you? And they say, no, I haven't. But unless you practice something and do it, you don't know. And when you practice it, and this is one of the secrets of life, isn't it? One of the secrets of life. If you practice something, you find out yourself. And then you know, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says to you, that experience was so real, it was more real, the spiritual experience, than some of the experiences on the physical realm. Because your whole aspect, your whole essence knows that this is true, and it needs to be acted upon. And George King, right to the heart of it, go home tonight and practice these practices. 
practice the service of the Twelve Blessings. And out of this will come a greater realisation because the Master Jesus is further along the evolutionary road than we are. So when he says something, it's not like an earthman's opinion. It's a greater aspect of the whole truth and therefore has a greater power, has the ability to transform us and lift us up to a greater appreciation of where we are in the cosmos and how we can cooperate with the natural laws, and in this case, the law of karma. Well, at this point, uh, we, we are going to read the words of the Master Jesus, uh, because he is the one who was given this blessing. He's, he's obviously thought about what he was going to say. He's chosen the words that he was going to use very carefully. Uh, so I'm going to read this now, and again, if you could prepare yourself to listen to this text, again, sit straight in the chair, Calm the mind, focus the mind so that you can accept the words of the Master Jesus. You may not understand them straight away, but that doesn't matter. Uh, If they go into your consciousness, they will work within you. They will start to vibrate within you, to live within you. And this power and energy will start to quicken your own consciousness so that realization follows. Don't forget these teachings were given 50 years, 52 years, sooner than they were supposed to be given. So we're now ready, if you like. Those 50 years are up. We're now ready. The time is right for us to understand these words. And I think a lot of people in the world are ready for these teachings. And for those of you who are listening, it won't be by chance that you've come across them. For those who are familiar with them, uh, you can always gain more from what the Master Jesus says and the way that he says it. So we're going to hear now just a couple of short paragraphs given by the Master Jesus about the Lords of Karma and about how we should uh, use this ritual, this, this mystical practice, this magical action in the right way. And these are the words of the Master Jesus. Oh, my sweet, adorable children, you come again to be bathed in the wondrous light of mighty God. And you shall be thus impregnated with this wondrous force, which cometh in soft gentleness from the divine heart. Let your love flow forth, O children, unto those I speak of, for they are the sacred ones, and this love will be returned after a little time, and it will be fashioned by a greater love. So there we've been given the way that we should approach how to use these blessings by being bathed in the wondrous light of mighty God, by allowing this to go forth from us as the power of love. He says, let your love flow forth. How often do we really do that? Perhaps not as often as we should is the answer. Um, But this is a way to show, in fact, very symbolically, how the law of karma works. As you give, so you receive. As you receive, so you should give. Action and reaction, equal and opposite. This is an example of how you should do it. To open yourself up to the energy and then give it out again and it will come back with an even greater love. This whole ritual is a magical ritual. And we should try and use it in this way. It's not something that 
uh, is done like you would you would watch a television program or be entertained by a radio program. You should try and put into this all your love, because this is what the world needs, is it not? Many people talk about uh, how the world needs love. Lots of songs have been produced about it. Yes. <laughs> um, but really, that's that's not it. That's not that's not enough. We need to put this divine heart, which the Master Jesus talks about, into the power that we send out. And we should practice how to raise our feelings to be beyond the emotional state of love, which most of us are familiar with and, and think of when the word love is used, into this cosmic force, this holy love, L-O-V-E in capitals, that the Master Jesus talks about, is the one that he's after us to use. He wants us to use this higher aspect of energy. I think I'll pass it over to Valerie at this point now to, to read a little bit more. So the Master Jesus. Blessed are the supreme lords of karma. For these ones, great above words, more holy even than the mighty sun, stretch their influence throughout all the galaxy, so that the great laws of God the great laws which are God may be perfect in their balance. It's interesting, isn't it? These ones great above words. You get to a stage in spiritual development where words cannot express something. Well, I think we've all discovered that. When it's beyond... A description, And in fact, if you try and describe it, you tend to bring it down. You don't do justice to it by giving it words. So here the Master Jesus is saying, these ones, they're great above words. They're more holy than the sun. And it's interesting, you see, they stretch their influence throughout all the galaxy. So their influence is in within all things. Why? So that the great laws of God may be perfect in their balance. Now, I know we are talking about these supreme forces whose influence is in all things. But when we come back and look at the earth and our situation here, it does bring a few questions up, doesn't it? Because we are thinking in terms of galaxies and suns and this supreme energy and this balance and this perfection. And then we say, well, hang on, this is happening on this earth? How come? Um, I'd like to now introduce our master, Dr George King, as he talks about these beings and gives us a bit more insight into the lords of karma. And after that, I'll also add my two pence worth. These beings are, as Jesus says, sacred beyond words. And they stretch their influence not only through the galaxy, but from, what, from one end of manifestation, namely the energetic force around the proton, that's one end of manifestation, from one end of manifestation to the other end of manifestation, namely through the great galactic systems. They stretch their influence and power from the microcosm right the way through all manifestation to the macrocosm. 
and they ensure that the law of manifestation, note it, the law of manifestation, is, shall we say, works perfectly. In every respect, perfectly. The law of man is, as we know, grossly unfair. But the law of God, in this respect, is completely and absolutely, definitely <coughs> fair beyond all shadow of all doubt. As you sow, so shall you reap. You might have to wait to reap for a whole life, but you will reap exactly what you sow. And if you sow tares, you'll reap them. And if you sow wheat and look after it carefully, you will reap a fine harvest, either in this life or the next. And there is no escape at all for anyone. Not even sons can escape this great all-pervasive law. Isn't that last sentence fabulous? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Not even sons can escape this great all-pervasive law. And that means we humans cannot escape it either. And I do wish that we humans would fully grasp that nettle. Because if we did, this would be a different world, wouldn't it? If you knew that you told a lie and there'd be repercussions, you wouldn't do it. If you knew that you stole a penny, there would be repercussions. If you knew that you thought something just a little bit off beam, off the law, off right, uh, something that was untrue, you wouldn't do it, would you? You wouldn't go to war because you wouldn't want to kill your brother, your mother, your father, your sister, your mentor, your lover, your wife. You wouldn't go to war because you'd realise that they perhaps might be a reincarnated person that you knew in your life. The law of karma is the one thing that we should start to learn from the moment we can walk and listen and, heed and, and hear words and understand words. And here we're told that the law of karma is absolutely just. And that's fantastic because man's law isn't just. It's anything but just, really. We know that there are various ways to understand the law of karma and by understanding the law of karma we start to understand those beings who manipulate it and implement it and make sure it is fair the lords of karma many of you have heard different versions of the law of karma you just heard a couple given by dr king there as you sow so shall you reap is the one the master jesus used two thousand years ago easily understandable isn't it there's nothing difficult about it action and reaction are equal and opposite said the lord buddha Slightly more complex, but again, we can start to grasp what that's all about. There's an anomaly in amongst these. There's, there's man's terminology for the law of karma. What goes around comes around. That's not bad, is it? You can start to understand that concept. But the one I don't like, and some people may think is the law of karma in action, is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's a man's law. 
Can you see the vengefulness in that law? And there's nothing in the divine law of karma that is about vengeance. It's not about punishment. The law of karma is about teaching, about evolving, about positives. Uh, an eye for an eye is a man's law. It's very vengeful. There's no love there, is there? In all of the others, you can find some love. Uh, and the law of karma is very much about applying the law of, of karma in a loving way. Uh, we are not subject to punishments when the law of karma helps us to evolve. We are subject to opportunity. That's what the law of karma is doing for us, giving us an opportunity, a challenge, a way to rise to our own becoming. In the face of adversity, do we not become our best possible people? How often does mankind do this in times of war? Unfortunately, you should do it in times of peace. And, and true, some, some people do this when they rescue people and help others. Um, but quite often, man waits until adversity is upon him before he rises to that challenge. But the law of karma is there to help us. You know, These may be our lessons, but they're not punishments. They're compassionate, merciful teachings given to us by people who want us to rise into the light. Not to push us back into the depths of darkness, but to take us out into the realms of light. So with that, I think we'll go back to Valerie to talk some more about the words of the blessing. Yes, thank you, Tony. These great and mighty lords of karma make it possible for fools like ye and me to gain that experience which will lead us to the Godhead as conscious gods. Now, it's interesting here, the Master Jesus shows, I feel, his great humility, how he is regarding these great and holy beings. But he says, fools like ye and me. But you know, this is the being that gave the blessing to the Supreme Lords of Karma, to the galaxy, the Supreme Lords of Creation and the Absolute. And when you read those blessings, you realise that he may be from the planet Venus and he's not a son and he's not a Lord of Karma. But he's able to describe the Absolute, which is the ultimate, the ultimate description with great understanding and wisdom. So... I wouldn't actually agree with him on that, would you, Tony? No, I, I think <laughs> he's being extremely humble. Well, yes, yes, I wouldn't like to disagree with the Master Jesus, but I just think he is such a wonderfully wise and humble being. And something else I noticed on here, I think one of the secrets of life is given here, which will lead us to the Godhead as conscious gods. This is what everything is about, all evolution is about, is to go back to the divine source consciously you know we can have a lot of experience that isn't consciously done but it's the conscious experience the awareness of the lower self tuned in with the higher self with the experience is going to take us forward in evolution and i do remember um there was a quote actually from the master saint guling you know i know this has been mentioned in a previous um, podcast saint guling is a member of the great white brotherhood the spiritual hierarchy of earth an ascended master who here again has chosen not to move on in evolution and go to another planet. 
He could have done, but he's chosen to stay back in the Great White Brotherhood and help mankind. And within the karmic scheme of evolution, he did make a suggestion here. I'm going to read this because it's a beautiful piece. There comes a tide in the affairs of man which, taken at the flood, can lead on to evolutionary fortune. Omitted, then the very apex of life is bypassed and the rivers run through the shadowy glades. In other words, your karmic experiences isn't all on one level. Everything isn't just progressing slowly and at a regular pace. There are moments in our evolution where a major event takes place, a wonderful opportunity is presented. We are given a chance to do something, some realisation to move forward in sacrifice in some way, something wonderful. And if we take that spiritual opportunity then, when it's offered, our evolution is speeded up no end. We go through karmic experience much quicker. And if we don't seize the day, we don't take the opportunity, then... It may not come by for several lives. It may not come by for many centuries. It may not come by for a few years. And we have missed that wonderful opportunity. And we have this in life, don't we, Tony? We're given chances to do something and we miss them. But even within that, sometimes our failure teaches us to succeed next time, to make us more determined. There's no such thing as failure. Exactly. I mean, even did you ever fall off a bicycle when you were learning to ride? Frequently, I still do. You still do. Well, here's a case of someone who's not learning. (laughs) You're not a good example, Tony. At least you're still alive to tell the tale, aren't you? But what I was going to say is one of the best ways to learn about balance is when you fall off a bicycle and you learn why it's necessary to manoeuvre your body, you know, in that way, going round a corner, etc. So some of your greatest failings are, in fact, your greatest successes. And with Tony, eventually, one day, one day, he won't fall off the bicycle. So there we are. I think now I will hand you back to Tony. We're going to have another extract now from the commentaries by Dr. George King. And there are several things in this which are well worth listening to. Actually, every word our master says is worth listening to. See if you can pick out some of the keys which he gives for success in life in this coming extract. Make it possible for fools like ye and me to gain that experience which will lead us to the Godhead as conscious gods. Well, in that, Jesus gives away, tells us quite a lot about the reasons for being here. He tells us in that statement that we left the Godhead as perfection. That for some reason best known to the Godhead or to the Absolute, he saw fit to involve, or it saw fit to involve itself. The result of this involution was all of manifestation as we see it and know it, and even that which we do not see and do not know, that it was necessary for this involved part of God to be involved so that it could 
enjoy the experience of coming out of involution through evolution, which is its exact opposite. And during such enjoyment would gain the power and ability to become conscious God. In other words, God in a certain form was given experience or a whole lot of experiences so that God as an unconscious part could become God as a conscious part. Now this is the reason why we're here, why the whole of manifestation took place. And ladies and gentlemen, I really mean this, and I speak as an adept. This information is the sum total of the intellectual or spiritual possibilities of man. The schools today are guilty, and I speak of the schools throughout the world, are guilty in my humble estimation of a foul crime because no attempt at all is made <coughs> to teach students why, really why, they are here. No school teacher or so-called college professor seems to appreciate, and if he does appreciate, he certainly does not go out of his way to make his appreciation known to his students, the fact that he and the students are there, are put in a mass of experiences so that they may gain wisdom from those experiences and go back to the source from which they came, but go back not as an unconscious part of God, but as a conscious part of God. Grasp that, grasp that one thing, and you will never again be lost in the morass of experience, in the so-called labyrinth of the mysteries of life, because life then, once this is grasped, has no great mystery, certainly not from a philosophical point of view. From a metaphysical point of view, yes, it still has its mysteries, but from a philosophical point of view, it doesn't, because you know why you are here. Uh, I'd just like to um, go straight into the middle of that 
last transmission, you might have picked up George King saying, I speak as an adept. He's talking about being a yogi adept, and even above that, I think, there's not many people in the world could say they are an adept. And George King is is not shy in some ways. He, He will state his qualifications when necessary. And he's doing that here at a very crucial time because he is commenting on the words of the Master Jesus. So he needs to show he understands these words. He knows about what he's talking upon. And, and that comes across very well, I thought, in this extract. He is very authoritative. He, he states exactly what is the meaning of life. I mean, that's a question that people have on their minds, isn't it? You ask you know, your top five questions that you'd like answered before you die. I think the meaning of life would be well up there, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and he says here that um, if, you, if you grasp what he was saying about going back to God as a conscious part of God, not an unconscious part, but a conscious part, an active part, then you've you grasped the meaning of life. And that's a significant step forward, isn't it? Uh, most people may not have the answer to that question in their lives, and here it is being given to us. We need to understand more about it, of course, but at least we've got an idea then what the meaning of life is. Now, I'd also like to pick up on something that I think it's a bit of an overview that carries on from this, is... The 12 blessings are all focal points. We said this at the beginning of the talk on the ninth blessing. But all 12 blessings are focal points. And in my career, if you like, as a presenter in the Inner Potential Centre, which we have in London, we do sometimes do positive thinking courses. And I'm very aware that in life, as we all live our own separate lives, we have lots of distractions, don't we? Lots of things to think about Um, from the very moment we get up. In fact, during the night as well. I don't know about you, but I keep thinking as well. Um, But sometimes these thoughts are pretty useless, aren't they? They're pretty meaningless, waste of time. Sometimes uh, they're wandering thoughts, they're uncontrolled thoughts. Here we've got 12 focal points that zoom in, if you like, on the important aspects of our life. And the things that you focus on, you give power and energy to, the things that you do in your life that you devote your energies to, move you forward, and hopefully in the right way. And here we've got 12 focal points that you can use to focus these wandering thoughts, to see what is right in life, to see what is useful in life, what is worth following, what's worth putting your energies into. And these are all very valuable tips for us in what we should be spending our time. We should be taught this in schools so that we know from the time we can crawl and walk and talk what we need to think about. But we aren't taught this, are we? Our schools let us down, as our master says. No school teacher seems to appreciate the fact that we need to know about the meaning of life. What could be more important than the meaning of life? Certainly not geography, maths, history, man's history, which is fantasy anyway. So these are things that we need to appreciate and put our energies into. We're going to have now another reading from the Twelve Blessings text. Mm -hmm. Okay. Blessed are these great and mighty ones who in millions of time units sacrifice their bliss so that countless trillions of life streams throughout the great galactic system may go back to God. So these great beings are sacrificing their bliss This seems to be what the great ones do. Rather than move on to other experiences, they choose to stay back and help lesser life forms. And it seems apart from man, (laughs) the ones that we're hearing about, the higher forces 
are more concerned about coming back to help others. And this is the essence of a great being. We have yet to learn this on this planet. And that's why we have the problems we have. We have the experiences we have to teach us this. So they are choosing not to go into bliss. Now, if you ever read any of the chapters on the Nine Freedoms, this is a wonderful uh, treaty given through our master, uh, Dr. George King, by a very advanced being we call Mars Sector 6. And there were nine freedoms given, and one of them is on solar existence. And you read that, and here again the commentary by Dr. King as well in the book. Uh, and it's also, we have it on transmissions, uh, on um, tape, where you can actually realise what a Saturnian being does and how these beings can sit for millions. Well, Master Jesus calls them time units. I mean, we have no comprehension of what a time unit is. It's just some form of, of measurement which we don't understand. But in millions of time units, they sacrifice their bliss. And this is what these beings are doing. The Saturnians do give up this bliss and help other life forms, but they could go into periods of meditation for countless thousands of years and stay in that state. And while they're in that state, they wouldn't be giving service in the same way, and therefore they choose to come back. Lords of Karma, Supreme Lords of Karma, have chosen to continue their work so that, what, countless trillions of live streams can go back to God. In other words, to keep their work that they do, to keep their influence, the effect that they can have on life forms to help them go through evolution. And we have another playing of the commentary by Dr. King. We can now hear that. The essential service performed by the Lords of Karma is to ensure the perfect working of this great law of manifestation so that all we sparks of God can come through experience correctly and go back to God again. And it's as simple as that. But that's all you've got to learn, nothing else. You can throw all your college books through the window because they don't mean that to you. If you have, I mean this, if you have fully appreciated what I've said tonight, that's all you have to know. You do not have to know other things. Save the experiences given to you by your multitudinous problems through your lives. But appreciate first the great truth, and then you will appreciate the other truths as they come along. So Jesus here again tells us that not only planetary beings and healers and wise ones and so on are suffering on either our behalf or behalf of the whole system, <coughs> such as the earth is suffering on our behalf or sacrificing herself on our behalf, the sun is sacrificing itself on behalf of the whole solar system, the lords of karma are sacrificing themselves on behalf of all life. You see, you get to a certain stage, the great subtlety is you give that up and you come down the stage in order to be of service. It's a great subtlety. To have powers and yet use them not. Now, people cannot appreciate this until they've had powers. I remember I used to attend a course of lectures once given by a man 
who I considered to be the greatest lecturer I had ever heard, in a human form anyway, but, well, in a human body, Professor Shastri. And one of his students was glibly yapping away one night, dear lady, uh, about how we should not use our clairvoyant powers. So I stood up as we should sacrifice the use of our clairvoyant powers. So I was known to be one of the few people there who asked Shastri some rather teasing questions, and he seemed to like me for it. Um, and, and when he wasn't there, well, I had a lot of fun with his so-called glib-speaking students. So I coloured this lady and I said, Madam, <coughs> do you use clairvoyant powers? She said, no. I said, have you made the sacrifice of giving them up? She said, yes. I said, pardon me, you haven't, because I can see that you've never had clairvoyance. And if you've never had clairvoyance, how can it be a sacrifice to give up that which you have never had? Naturally, she disagreed with me. She didn't say she had had clairvoyant powers. As a matter of fact, later, she wanted to know why I knew she had never had clairvoyant powers in this life. I said, well, I use my clairvoyant powers to tell you you'd never had them. <laughs> Mixed her up a bit, I'm afraid. But you see, unlike that, person who was glibly talking, unlike that person who was glibly talking, the great beings such as the lords of karma could be, uh, could be divorced, divorced from uh, life as we know it and live in some exalted state, the like of which we've got no imagination of. But in order to be of service to all life, they come down those few steps and are of great service in this way. Just as an earth sacrifices itself so that we can live on it and gain experiences, so too these great beings come down. Just as the cosmic masters come down to speak through myself and other people to you people, so also even the greater ones and the cosmic masters make this sacrifice on behalf of life. And that is the great thing, you see, service to others. Yeah, it kind of says it, doesn't it, Tony? Service to others. Yeah. Uh, I think for those uh, metaphysical students who are in tune with the cosmic flow, if you like, know very well what George King is saying there about service being the key. Uh, this whole ritual of the Twelve Blessings is about service. It's all very well to say, yes, be, be of service to mankind, but a lot of people don't know how to be of service to mankind, whether they should give a few dollars or pounds or yen, whatever it is, their currency, in, in service, or, or help little old ladies over the road. What is, what is effective service? And there is no doubt um, in, in it, to anybody who reads these 12 blessings that this is the way to do it to send out spiritual energy it's the one thing the world is short of spiritual energy in the form of love ok now there's two parts of the blessing I would like to read because I think the Master Jesus with all this wonderful wisdom on a very high level has said and I read this be good, be tolerant be kind, be merciful, be gentle, 
be humble and you will be great. And I think that's wonderful, isn't it? He's giving, you know, it's like the Sermon on the Mount. Follow that and you can't go too far wrong. Follow this, these teachings by the Master Jesus. If we governed our lives on those few words, the world would be a different place. And the other thing I want to read, I think is interesting here. Bless your brother, bless the Logos of your earth, bless the mighty solar Logos, and then bless the supreme lords of karma, and you will discover a satisfaction beyond all words. And that is wonderful, isn't it? Here again, bless your brothers, and then bless the higher forces right up to the supreme lords of karma. And what happens? We will discover a satisfaction beyond all words. Here again, you can't put this into words. We would feel something that is so great that our soul that is yearning for truth is wanting to be fed by the waters of higher truth will recognise and will respond to. And then we will be more spiritual. We will be inspired and uplifted up by these wonderful teachings, but by practising them and by raising our consciousness and giving service in this way, we will be sending a wonderful beam of energy out into the world, which is part of karma yoga that the Aetherius Society performs. And we really do believe will create miracles upon our world. Yeah, I'd like to pick out um, a section from the ninth blessing, which is just after the Master Jesus talks about who and what the Lords of Karma are, and he actually finishes the ninth blessing. And these are the words he says after he's finished the blessing. O sweet little God-respecting children, think on these things but always. Do not let a moon set or a sunset before you think upon them, before you help constructively these mighty ones by the strict control of your own thoughts and actions. Bring these within the great law and you will be praying a greater prayer than that of words. There's several things to pick out there, but especially I like think on these things but always. Somebody asked St. Gu Ling uh, about the Twelve Blessings, how often should you do the Twelve Blessings? And he said 24 hours a day, <laughs> um, which is a very logical answer in, in yes. one way. Uh, certainly we should, we should think about these things, shouldn't we? These Twelve Blessings are there to be considered, meditated upon, thought about, and the energy that we use in that thought put into action. And by doing this, says the Master Jesus, you'll be praying a greater prayer than that of words. And I think these are helpful hints, opportunities for us to use when we use the Twelve Blessings. That more or less sums up what we have to say about the, the Ninth Blessing. There's not too much we can say about the Lords of Karma, although I think we've talked about the Law of Karma itself. And from that we can see how these beings are incredibly capable of, of manipulating energies so that the law of karma works perfectly, which it does. Um, if you start to think about these things, as the Master Jesus suggests, you'll realise how extremely complex this whole system is. But it works. How it quite works, we, we haven't been told. 
but the laws of karma are the beings that make it happen. Uh, we need to live by the law of karma. We need to use the, the ninth blessing as a way to thank these beings for what they do for us. We know of their existence now, so there can be no excuse. We need to appreciate their works, and by sending them our love, they too in turn will send back their love to us. And so the cycle goes on. Uh, I think we'll have to wrap it up now. Um, I do appreciate, and so does Valerie, uh, the audience's kind attention and questions. Yes, we thank do you. hope those that are listening to this podcast will find some questions of their own, and we'll, we invite them to contact us through our, our headquarters and branches and centres throughout the world, and through our websites and through our email information, which you can get on our website. But do take these teachings to heart. Do practice them. Our Master Dr. George King would... Uh, say for sure don't leave it on the bookshelf this 12 blessings book is more important than that uh, and I do hope you've had some benefit from what we've had to say this afternoon with that God bless you all and go with God sincerely hope you enjoyed this podcast. For further information on these podcasts or the Ethereum Society in general, please visit us on the web at www.ethereus.org.